I want to preach this morning on this thought forward. Forward. We will be going forward into 2023. Today starts a new year, which is just another day in some regards, but in other ways it is an example or a representation of a new opportunity, a new day, a new beginning of such where we have a new opportunity to set our eyes and our focus upon things that truly matter and to kind of refocus our energies and our efforts onto the task that is laid before us. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 14, the Bible says, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. Here, Peter said, looking forward to these things. In 1929, in the Rose Bowl, the California Golden Bears squared off against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets and provided one of the most famous plays in college football history. In the second quarter, California player Roy Regals recovered a fumble, but instead of uh, advancing it, he got confused and began to run the wrong direction. He ran all the way back towards his own end zone, and a teammate finally stopped him at the goal line. The two points Georgia Tech scored following the wrong way, the safety, um, ended up being the margin of victory that Georgia Tech won that game. Like Regal, often we place much effort and emotional investment into things that are just not profitable. We work, we labor, but how often do we find at the end of the day that we look back and realize we were running in the wrong direction? In 2022, New Year's resolutions, I'm sure the same as this year, focus primarily on self-improvement. In fact, 23% of resolutions were to be more healthy, 21%, according to surveys, were to improve happiness, and 20% were to lose weight. However, on average, only about 9 to 12% of people kept their resolutions. A resolution is a promise or a commitment made to ourselves that we will commit a task. Yet I ask if only 9% keep their resolutions, if we can lie to ourselves, we can lie to anyone. Of those who make New Year's resolutions, 23% quit in the first week and only 36% make it past the first month. 43% of all people expect to fail before February. I wonder, did you make a New Year's resolution yesterday or today? Interestingly, most people quit on the second Friday of January, and this day has been dubbed Quitter's Day. But what a, what a bad name to have, Quitter's Day. This morning, I would like for us to reset our minds and uh, kind of get back to that we may get off the proverbial merry-go-round uh, and finally move forward in our lives. Progress, forward, that's what we need. 
We spend our lives on the merry-go-round pushing and laboring to go in circles. And yet, like a treadmill or a uh, exercise bike, we labor, we work, we toil at something, but we never make any progress. Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 13. The Bible says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. This morning I'm going to preach, but also I would like to lay out a little bit of maybe vision casting to an extent for 2023 for our church on some things that we must do to move forward for the cause of Christ. We find here that Paul says, I do not count myself to have, have, or to have apprehended. What was it that Paul had not apprehended? He was saved, was he not? He was a child of God. I believe verse 10 gives us the answer in Philippians 3.10. It says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Paul says, I have not apprehended or I have not gained hold of the fullness of the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. It is that perfection that we seek that will only be found in eternity. Commentary of this verse says that looking back is sure to end in going back. Looking back ends in going back. I didn't want to use the illustration about football, but there was just a perfect illustration yesterday. A Georgia running back got the ball and was running towards the end zone and was about to score a touchdown. And as he was running down, he looked to his side and saw a defender coming at him. And when he got his eyes off of him, he began to stumble and tripped and fell at the four-yard line. Looking back prevented his progress. And that's often what we do. Remember Lot's wife. Luke 9, 62 says, But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. We look at Lot's wife. We realize that she looked back and what happened? She turned to a pillar of salt because her eyes were focused on the things that were behind her instead of the task that God had called them to ahead. We must keep our eyes forward looking ahead to what God has in store for us. Looking forward. The Bible says if we look back, we're not even fit for the kingdom of God. And yet how often are we guilty of that? It's easy to look back, is it not, with nostalgia on the good old days? The way things used to be, the things, the way things were back when on the goodness of yesterday, on the blessings of God then, and we are thankful for those things. It is the work of God in the past that has brought us to where we are today. Yet the Bible says anyone that's looking back is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. 
We must press towards the mark, as Paul said. We must keep our eyes and our attention faced ahead that we thank God for what's behind us, but our attention is upon what will we do with Jesus Christ? What will we do for him? What will you do? What will I do? What will we at North Etowah do that will make an eternal difference for Jesus Christ? Not what, what have we done in the past, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, or even 2022. But what will we do for God in 2023? Moving forward. For the followers of Christ, our desire is and aim should be perfection. Yet I dare say the greatest threat to North Etowah Baptist Church is simply this, complacency. Complacency. To admit or to find fulfillment in yesterday. To describe that focus of this passage of scripture here in Philippians, Paul employs an image of a runner in a race who hopes to win the prize. He said, pressing forward towards that prize. He cannot look back. He cannot cloud his mind with past memories. He strains every muscle in his body to achieve forward motion. Eyes focused on the finish line. Paul forgets the guilt of persecuting the church. He forgets the pain of prison physical punishment he forgets the frustration of disobedient church members and false teachers Paul says he looks forward some of us will not move forward for God because we are focused upon the guilt of our past but I want you to know if you're saved if you've been a child of God that you have victory through Jesus Christ you can have victory over your past mistakes just as Paul said I'm not looking back I'm looking forward some of us will not move forward because of the pain we have endured Maybe the pain of a loved one who has betrayed us. Maybe the pain of someone in the church itself who has hurt our feelings or caused us to doubt or shake our faith. Maybe it's because of others that we look at and view their life and say, well, they're just a hypocrite. What's the point? Yet if we are to be faithful to God and is calling upon our life, we must keep our eyes focused forward, pressing towards the mark. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 48, Therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Perfection should be our goal, and although we may never be perfect in this flesh, in this walk of life, we should strive for perfection, or that we should strive to be more and more like Christ every day, and he is perfection. Too often we say, listen, preacher, we'll never be perfect. And we use that as an excuse to not strive to be more like Christ. That is not an excuse, but rather a condemnation of ourselves. 
when we become complacent in our walk and our service to God, we will inevitably look to the past and we settle our eyes on the past. That's where we'll die. We'll die looking to the past. And we need to look no further than Lot's wife to understand that. Looking to the past. So therefore, the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 3, verse number 13, that we should press towards... Lord, what do you mean in verse number 16? Philippians 3, 16. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule... Let us be of the same mind. There are some things that we must do to press forward towards what God has. And the first thing is, if we are to move together as a church, as a body of believers, then we must have the same mind. There are two areas in which we must unify our minds. And the first is in our efforts. We must have the same efforts. In verse number 13, Paul uses the term reaching forward. This word reaching, when you actually look at it and break it down in the original languages, it means that it's more than just to reach, but it literally implies a straining or a striving forward. It really gives the impression of strenuous labor. Strenuous labor. And Paul's saying, listen, we have to be of the same mind and the same rule. The word uh, means to strain. And uh, there are great days ahead for God's people. Uh, although there may be times of great persecution, yet even in the persecution, God can do great and wonderful things through and in his people. Yet the destination will not be reached unless we are unified in our efforts together. I know we're busy. Life is busy. Families are busy. Works consume, work consumes our time. However, we must be unified in our effort. We will never make great progress as a church if there's only a few people that are doing the labor. It just don't work. You've heard the adage that many hands make light work, and it is true. Young people, middle-aged people, and adults, we need your help. Senior saints, we need your help. Furthermore, not just do we need your help, but God desires it to be involved. The same effort. We must labor together. We must strive together. We must reach forward with the labor saying, listen, we want to move forward. And nothing that has ever been of value has ever come easy. It takes work. 
It takes sacrifice of ourselves, of our times, of our talents, of our resources. But if we are going to go forward and make a difference in Etowah and in your children and your grandchildren, our community and our state, if we're going to leave an impact that goes beyond our lives and reaches to the next generation, then we must labor together, everyone pitching in, everyone working where and how they can to make sure that we are moving forward the same effort. Not unless we have the same effort, but we must have the same goals. It would do very little good for us to all labor and everybody in our church be working fervently, but in different directions, we would not accomplish much, would we? My wife loves to watch the baking shows on TV and they'll have the competitions and they'll have uh, two or three individuals come in and they all, a team of workers together. And they, if you have watched them, they'll take these cakes and they'll make these extravagant, beautiful scenes and scenery uh, out of cakes and desserts. And it, it's amazing the talent, but the only way they ever accomplish that is when everybody on the team is trying to reach the same destination. And so too should our church be. We should work together for the same goal. For the same goal. Our goal at North Etowah Baptist Church could be summed up by this. Here is our goal as a whole. We must faithfully bring honor to God through every work and deed of North Etowah Baptist Church. Everything we say Everything we do should bring honor to God. Well, that seems very practical. I believe that we would all agree that that is ultimately what our goal is as a church is to bring honor to God. But let's bring it down to the ground level for 2023 on what we need to do. I'm going to list three things that I believe we should focus on and we should engage in. Um, as we go forward. First is we must engage the unchurched. We must engage the unchurched. We must be faithful to engage the unchurched and this includes both corporately and individually in our personal endeavors. To engage them doesn't just mean to have contact. We all have contact with the unchurched every day, do we not? In some form or fashion, we have contact with the outside world. And therefore, we, that is not, I'm not saying just to have contact, but I'm talking about intentionally engaging them to impact them for the cause of Christ. To take our encounters that we have, whether it be at the grocery store or on the telephone or, or at work or at school, wherever we are, to say, listen, I am intentionally going to engage those who do not know Christ with the purpose and with the intention that I am going to try to impact them for Jesus Christ. To engage the unchurched. Listen, we have a community full of people all around us there's enough people here we could not fit them here in five church services if we had five services this morning there's enough people in our community that do not know Christ and so therefore they're out there but we must engage them 
Now we're going to do opportunity. We're going to give opportunities. We have uh, fall festival and different events, vacation Bible school, and, and so the church is going to give opportunity for us to engage. But we must also engage on a daily basis in our own personal lives. Are you engaging the lost, the unchurched, in our community? We must all be working together to do that. Second of all, not only do we engage them and have contacts with them, but ultimately the, the purpose of that is that we might evangelize our community, that we might not just engage them, but after we engage them, that we might lead them or bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We must double down on our evangelistic outreaches. And I asked the church a couple Wednesdays ago uh, on that Wednesday night, I said, listen, uh, are, are we a great church? Not just do we want to be a great church, but are we a great church? You say, sure, we're a great church. All right. Then are we great at evangelism? We can't be a great church if we're not great at evangelism. That's kind of the quintessential thing of a church. Are we great, not decent, not average or above average, but are we great at evangelism? We must evangelize our community. I shared it after I came back from the convention, but it only, it's only going to take, what, I think 50 baptisms in 2023 to put us in the top, I think it was top 10 churches in the entire state of Tennessee. Not even one a week. Well, that's very feasible if we're great at evangelizing. We must evangelize our community. The only path forward for our church must go through it as a path of evangelism. That means collectively we engage in the gospel, that in our work, in our conversations, we are actively sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're about to launch in the next coming weeks a new campaign that I would love to have launched today, but we're not quite we're trying to work out everything, get it ready. But there is a campaign coming. It's going to be called One Day. One Day. One church, one heart, one day. What we'll be asking is that every member of North Etowah Baptist Church. This is for our visitors. You say, I'm, I'm a visitor. I'm not a member. That's okay. We would welcome you to join us if you would like. But for our members, what we're going to be asking is that you commit to give one day in 2023 for evangelism. 365 days this year. How many of you think it's fair to ask for one day to share the gospel with the lost? Do y'all think that's reasonable? Can each of us, if we really want, we might have to scrape and, and adjust our calendar, but do we think we could give one day in a whole year to evangelism? I think that's very reasonable, don't you? And that's what we're going to ask. One day for evangelism. What that's going to break down to is there's 12 months. There's 24 hours in a day. And so if we will give two hours a month to evangelism, that's 24 hours in a year. That's one day given to evangelism. 
two hours a month, we can do that, can we not? And yet I honestly believe if we just gave two hours a month for each of us, we would quadruple our evangelistic outreach. And so we're going to be giving opportunities through visitation. You say, Pastor, I can't go door to door. That's no problem. We're going to be able to write letters to people who have visited that don't know Christ. We're going to make phone calls. We're going to have prayer. We're going to give every, from the youngest to the oldest, everyone is going to have two hours of opportunity. We'll probably give out a couple of days a week where you have opportunity to do this. And we're going to give everyone ample opportunity to invest two hours a month, 24 hours in a year, one day to Christ. And before we even launch it, I'm just giving you kind of a teaser on it this morning. But I want you to be praying, Lord, would you help me to be faithful to give one day to evangelism? That's a resolution every one of us can keep. One day. We must evangelize our, our community. And then thirdly, we must elevate our worship. We must elevate our worship. We must learn to worship. In Psalms chapter 100, verse number 4, the Bible says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. So here's, as a pastor, here's my heart for 2023. First is that we begin to engage the unchurched. That we are going out with the intent of impacting people for Christ. Second of all, we are doubling down and engaging on evangelism that we're going to make it a priority of North Etowah Baptist Church to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ with the lost and dying world. And thirdly, that we're going to elevate our worship, that we're going to learn as a church together how to worship in a greater manner. Psalms 104 says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. You say, Pastor boy, I want to worship. I, I, want to have, I, want to, I want to rejoice in church. I want to have a great worship service. Good, I do too. The Bible says enter into his courts with thanksgiving. See, you can't come into church not worshiping all week and, and then expect to start worshiping because the music's good or because the preaching's good, or not worship because you don't think the music or the preaching's any good. We ought to come to church already worshiping in our hearts. We ought to come in already with our hands lifted up. We ought to walk in the doors ready in our hearts to worship and exalt the name of Jesus Christ. And if we're doing that Monday through Saturday, we'll have no problem worshiping right on Sunday. Can I get an amen? Engage the unchurched, evangelize our community, and elevate our worship. Paul said, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Church, forward. Forward. We must go forward. 
We have to. We don't have a choice. You say, preacher, why is that? Because the cost of not going forward is too great. I may be pastor of North Etowah Baptist Church, but I'm also a member of North Etowah Baptist Church. Molly, my youngest, is here. She's looking at me smiling. Hey, Molly. Every time we pray, every meal, every night, we always pray. And she always prays, Lord, come into my heart one day. And if, boy, if you don't, if you're praying for the food and you hurt and you pray and you don't pray for Jesus to come into Molly's heart one day, she'll let you know. She's told me before, what, Daddy, you don't want Jesus to come into my heart? And you have to go back and pray. She makes you feel dirty. (laughs) But if our church isn't preaching the gospel of Christ, how's it going to impact her and her chances of coming to know the Lord? We have to go forward. It's not just my little girl. It's little girls and boys and men, husbands and wives, all around our community that are dying and going to hell. And if we do not engage them and reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ, Who's going to? So, we must, we must go forward. I thank God for the past. But if we keep looking back to the past, we're going to die there. We have to go forward. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. I know maybe this was different for a Sunday morning, but not a typical evangelistic sermon. But I wonder who today might come to the altars. Maybe it'd do good for a whole church to come down to the altars and say, Lord, let's pray together. Say, Lord, together, would you help us to go forward? How about it? Would you come pray with us? Say, Lord, I want to faithfully engage and evangelize our community. Many have come. There's still plenty of room this morning. Would you come pray with us? Say, God, would you work in our hearts and help us to go forward? can't afford not to.
one mind, one goal, one heart. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you in prayer so much. Lord, with heavy hearts. Lord, I pray, God, may you stir in us something. Lord, that would cause us to, Lord, have a life focused upon you. Lord, may we move forward together as a church. Lord, may every member of this church, every person, God, may we join hands together, united, Lord, together to work and to labor and to endeavor. Lord, may you help us to be willing to make any sacrifice, to pay any price, Lord, whatever it takes to reach our community with the gospel of Christ. Lord, may this be a year of a turning point, God, where this community, this town knows that we're about the gospel. Lord, may you begin this year, Lord, to fill our church, our services with the lost that don't know you. God, I pray that you may begin through our conversations and through our endeavors. Lord, may you begin to fill this house with sinners, Lord, that stand in need of a Savior. God, that I proclaim to them the good news that Jesus saves. Lord, we love you and praise you.